Good morning, I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. It's good to have you with us here today for our Congregation of Prayer, a guide for daily meditation and prayer around God's Word. It's a nice, bright, sunny morning, uh, so it's good, of course, to uh, enjoy <laughs> not only the weather, but also God's Word. Uh, let's see, today we are going to continue our catechesis in... Gospel according to St. John. We're in chapter 7, continuing there. And let's see, anything else? I don't think so. So we'll uh, we'll begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Memory verse, say it together. Abraham believed in the Lord, and he accounted it to him for righteousness. Genesis 15, verse 6. Let's say it again. Abraham believed in the Lord, and he accounted it to him as righteousness. Genesis 15, verse 6. You know, this is used in uh, the book of Hebrews, in that famous chapter, I think chapter 11, um, on faith. Now, what is faith? It's trust in um, God, more specifically for the Christian, trust in Jesus, right? Abraham believed in the promised Messiah. Um, where did that faith come from? From the promise of God, from the word that had been proclaimed to him, right? And it created faith that is trust, that God's word is true, right? And then the Lord, he, God, um, the Lord, accounted it. So reckoned it would be another way to translate that, to him for righteousness, right? So it's not, um, Abraham is not a righteous man. Actually, we, if you know the stories of Abraham, you know that he uh, often is quite unrighteous according to God's law, right? But it is accounted, he is accounted um, righteous for the sake of trust in the promised Messiah, right? It's all right there in Genesis 15, so you can go see that. Good. Our psalm is continuation of Psalm 119, now Gimel and Dalit. Let's say it together. Deal bountifully with your servant that I may live and keep your word. Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. I am a sojourner on the earth. Hide not your commandments from me. My soul is consumed with longing for your just decrees at all times. You rebuke the insolent, accursed ones who wander from your commandments. Take away from me scorn and contempt, for I have kept your testimonies. Even though princes sit plotting against me, your servant will meditate on your statutes. Your testimonies are my delight. They are my counselors. My soul clings to the dust. Give me life according to your word. When I told of my ways, you answered me. Teach me your statutes. Make me understand the way of your precepts, and I will meditate on your wondrous works. My soul melts away for sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. Put false ways far from me, and graciously teach me your law. I have chosen the way of faithfulness. I set your just decrees before me. I cling to your testimonies, O Lord. Let me not be put to shame. I will run in the way of your commandments when you enlarge my heart. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. 
Amen. All right. Our first reading is from the prophet Amos, now chapter 9. Behold, the eyes of the Lord are on the sinful kingdom, and I will destroy it from the face of the earth. Yet I will not utterly destroy the house of Jacob, says the Lord, for surely I will command and will sift the house of Israel among all nations as grain is sifted in a sieve, yet not the smallest grain shall fall to the ground. All the sinners of my people shall die by the sword, who say, The calamity shall not overtake nor confront us. On that day I will raise up the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down, and repair its damages. I will raise up its ruins and rebuild it as in the days of old, that they may possess the remnant of Edom and all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord who does this thing. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when the plowman shall overtake the reaper and the treader of grapes, he who sows seed. The mountains shall drip with sweet wine and all the hills shall flow with it. I will bring back the captives of my people Israel. They shall build the waste cities and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and drink wine from them. They shall also make gardens and eat fruit from them. I will plant them in their land, and no longer shall they be pulled up. From the land I have given them, says the Lord your God. What a beautiful prophecy, right? Uh, obviously, we have the prophecy of judgment. Um, there can be uh, <laughs> there can be no salvation if there is not a judgment. I know that is uncomfortable for us, um, but uh, you'll hear more about that on Sunday, right? We don't need a savior unless there's something to be saved from, right? All right. So all the sinners of my people, by right, living outside of faith in Jesus, will die by the sword. It says, especially you can see they have no faith because they say, look at verse ten: the calamity shall not overtake nor confront us, despite God, the warning, warning of God's prophets. Right? Um, notice you have also the prophecy of the rebuilt tabernacle of David. Interesting word, using tabernacle there, the skenos instead of the the temple. Um, but, uh, of course, is that, uh, well, this is Amos, so we're talking about the temple that will be rebuilt under Zechariah, as we've been studying on Sunday, but probably looking even farther forward, uh, the temple not made with hands, that third temple, which is Christ um, in his body. And then, of course, you've got um, this beautiful promise of what the life of the church is like, where even yeah, um, things even seem to be getting jumbled out of order, and the plowman comes even before the reaper, ready to plant the next harvest, right? And the treader of grapes who sows the seed, right? Everything is coming super abundantly, with the mountains dripping of sweet wine and the hills flowing with it. Beautiful, right? All right, so then the disciples of John, so remember he just healed the, the son at Nain, right, of the widow, Then the disciples of John reported to him concerning all these things. And John, calling two of his disciples to him, sent them to Jesus, saying, Are you the coming one, or do we look for another? When the men had come to him, they said, John the Baptist has sent us to you, saying, Are you the coming one, or do we look for another? And that very hour he cured many of infirmities, afflictions, and evil spirits, and to many blind he gave sight. Jesus answered and said to them, Go and tell John the things you have seen and heard, that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he who is not offended because of me. When the messengers of John had departed, he began to speak to the multitudes concerning John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? But what did you go out to see? A... Man clothed in soft garments, indeed, 
Those who are gorgeously appareled and live in luxury are in king's courts. But what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I say to you, and more than a prophet. This is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. For I say to you, Among those born of women, there is not a greater prophet than John the Baptist. But he who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. And when all the people heard him, even the tax collectors justified God, having been baptized with the baptism of John. But the Pharisees and lawyers rejected the will of God for themselves, not having been baptized by him. And the Lord said, To what then shall I liken the men of this generation, and what are they like? They are like children sitting in the marketplace and calling to one another, saying, We played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We mourned to you, and you did not weep. For John the Baptist came neither eating bread nor drinking wine, and you say he has a demon. The Son of Man has come eating and drinking, and you say, Look, a glutton and a wine-bibber, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is justified by all her children. Okay, quite a bit here for us to talk about. Um, So, what did John the baptizer want his disciples to ask Jesus? What's the question there? Yeah, whether Jesus is the coming one, right, the promised Messiah, or do we look for another? Should we look for another? (laughs) Jesus gives his answer. Uh, What's his answer? Verse 21, that very hour he cured many people of their infirmities, afflictions, and evil spirits, and gave sight to many who are blind. There's their answer. But he also gives them words, right? Of course. Um, Actually, since we're talking about it, how does he cure many of infirmities, afflictions? How does he cast out evil spirits? How does he give blind sight? By speaking to them, right? So it's his words. Um, which is, by the way, the same thing that we do. This is why it's very important for us as Christians, we've talked about this before, um, that even if we don't have uh, legal protection for freedom of speech, um, even if something like the First Amendment were repealed somehow by another amendment, um, or if it's just legislated against, uh, or the courts refuse to protect it, one way or another, we still have to speak, because speaking uh, the truth of Jesus, namely forgiveness of sins in Jesus' name, speaking the truth of, of nature as um, Jesus has revealed it to us in his word, is essential to the Christian. Uh, the Christian church is a, a church that's called, gathered, enlightened by the word that is proclaimed, right? Um, so we cannot but speak even uh, when prohibited by uh, unjust laws. So there you go. Um, Jesus speaks. That's the point. What does uh, Jesus tell the men to tell John? He gives them words. Verse 22, go tell John the things that you have seen and notice, heard, right? Seen and heard. You think of all these things as visible, but it's actually, they're all hearing as well. The blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised. And of course, here, verse the end of verse 22, the poor have the gospel preached to them, the good news of forgiveness of sins. Uh, Jesus has actually said this before. It was just back in uh, Luke chapter 4, um, he said something very similar. How did it go there? Let's look here. Um, it's right after his temptation. He comes to Nazareth. Oh, yes, it's then the reading of the um, scroll of Isaiah in the synagogue. Remember that? In Nazareth? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, etc., etc. Right? So here we have um, Isaiah 49 and Isaiah 69, I believe, as well. Or 48 and 69. All right, so... 
he's still doing the same thing that he's always been doing. All right. Um, and then he says, blessed is he who is not offended because of me. Right? I'm blessed, given to. Um, what is required to not be offended by Jesus, by his word, um, by the Christian confession, by what the scriptures give us to, to say and to think and to do? Faith in Jesus, all right? It must be given to, be blessed in order to not be offended by Jesus. Um, now, some catechesis. Yeah, Chris says, poor in spirit. Um, it can mean that. I mean, here I think actually it might just actually, it might be um, physically poor. Uh, Matthew uses poor in spirit. Here, uh, it's just the poor. It could be either way. I don't know if there's a manuscript, different manuscript traditions there. Um, being um, poor, physically poor, you know, without uh, wealth or means to provide for oneself, um, is also has its own spiritual consequence, right? Um, and even when we are poor, say, for example, maybe our country goes into a, a um, significant recession or a Great Depression again or another Great Depression, um, where should we put our hope and confidence in what Jesus has provided for us, where, what he promised to provide for us, which is namely that no matter what happens to us in this life, um, we can look forward to the life to come. All right, so it's still a spiritual affliction of a sort. Um, but you're right, it could be this way too, poor in spirit, lacking in Jesus. Uh, all right, so now we have Jesus catechizing about John, and what are the three things that he brings up in connection um, to going out to see John? Right? What did you go out into the wilderness to see? He has three things. A reed shaken by the wind. Right? We have a man clothed in soft garments. And then we have um, a prophet. Right? So those are the three. So let's talk about those. All right, the reed is a mark of uh, Jesus's kingship. You think of um, Jesus' trial before Pontius Pilate in Matthew 27, right, where he's um, given the purple robe and the reed in his hand. Maybe you've seen that in, in pictures or paintings of Jesus, where he's holding the reed. It's a sign of kingship, right? So that's Matthew 27. Um, soft clothes, this is a euphemism. Um, it's referring to the garments uh, of those who are more effeminate in their behavior. In other words, they're wearing women's clothing. He's a, <laughs> and you think this is something new um, that we're experiencing now? No, it's not something new at all. Um, it was usually given to the um, to the luxurious class. They could afford not to uh, do things like reproduce, <laughs> have children, and so they could live lifestyles contrary to God's word that reason. So that's what he's talking about. You know, um, you know, somebody wealthy wearing uh, feminine clothing. Um, and what king's garment is John really wearing? Oh, by the way, it is worth mentioning, Herod is notorious for being, um, you know, of uh, gender queer, as they call it today. <laughs> so they, all the Herods. Um, so that that's, that's why it's connected to the king's courts, this uh, feminine clothing. Yeah, the king's garment that John is really wearing, of course, will be the garments of the crucified Lord, right? He's clothed in Christ's righteousness. Uh, according to Isaiah, what was John to do? Here it is. To, to be the messenger who prepared the way for the Lord, right? So he's like the, um, he's like, uh, the bulldozer that goes through and just levels the, levels the, the, the road um, that Christ would follow him. What does um, Jesus say of John the Baptist? For of those born of women, there is no greater prophet, right? No greater prophet. So John is the greatest of the prophets, Jesus does take on a prophetic role, but just in the way that he brings into his person 
um, all of the, the previous roles, prophet and priest and king. All right. Um, who is the least in the kingdom? This, um, you're going to need what comes up in a couple chapters, Luke chapter 9. Perhaps you know that reading. It's quite famous. We usually hear it, uh, the version from Mark read at baptisms. That should be your hint. Then a dispute arose among them as to which of them would be the greatest. This is Luke 9, 46. And Jesus, perceiving the thought of their heart, took a little child and set it by him and said to them, whoever receives this little child in my name receives me. And whoever receives me receives him who sent me. For he who is the least among you, um, you all, will be great. Now John answered, John the uh, apostle, Master, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we forbid him because he does not follow us. Jesus said to him, Do not forbid him, for he who is not against us is on our side. Right. So the the least in the kingdom are like that child who sat before him. Right. These are the baptized believers. We all have, uh, as the scriptures say, faith like a child. Right. The faith of baptism. The least are the apostles who receive the little ones in the name of Jesus. The little ones. Right are those received in the name of Jesus. Why are they greater than John the Baptist? What are they given to do that John wasn't even given to do? Both believe, confess, proclaim the crucified and risen Jesus who fulfilled all the preaching of the prophets, who fulfilled John's message. John came preaching um, the law and to repentance. Jesus comes preaching grace and mercy, right? The answer to that law. What's the reaction of the tax collectors then? It says that uh, they justified God, meaning they declared that God was righteous or justified in his dealings with men. Hmm? And then God's righteousness um, is in forgiving iniquity and sin, right? So that's why it's attached here to baptism, the baptism of John, and the revealing of the coming one, right? Very good. All right, what's the importance, or why is it important to add that statement about the baptism of John, right? What does the baptism of John do? A baptism of repentance, right? They've received it for, for repentance, meaning they believed and were looking forward to and received the forgiveness of sins that John proclaimed that would be theirs through Jesus, the coming one, right? So John's baptism prepared the way for Jesus' baptism, which not only is for repentance uh, and forgiveness of sins, but it's forgiveness of sins in Jesus' blood, very particularly. What did the Pharisees and lawyers do? Dun, 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 dun. They rejected the will of God for themselves, you know, selfishly, we would say, um, not having been baptized by him. Interestingly enough, uh, who rejected the counsel of the Pharisees? He's not listed here, but you might think of him in the background. It would actually be Joseph of Arimathea, right, who was of the council and who found his comfort in the crucified Lord. So we'll see that later um, in Luke 23. All right, and then what does Jesus say about the men of this generation? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Speaking of little ones, here they are again, like children, this time though, sitting in the marketplace, right? And complaining about about John. Why? Because he um, would not, what does he say here? He, w- he was not eating bread or drinking wine like they do. Um, and they said that he had a demon. Why? What were they complaining? Or what? Yeah, what were they complaining about Jesus then? Well, here he is. A, a glutton and a wine bibbers, right? So he eats bread, he drinks wine, and he's a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Jesus' final word about these children in the marketplace is that wisdom is justified, declared righteous by all her children. All right, so that's a very interesting statement because we've had all this bit with the children. 
We had the children in the marketplace who are demanding um, that John and then Jesus, likewise, do what they ask him to do, right? Be the person they want him to be, rather than they conform to him, he has to conform to them, right? We had the children who are the least in the kingdom of God, who are even greater than John the Baptist because they received um, the crucified Lord. And, And that's what it means to be a true child of wisdom. Wisdom and her children, right, are those who believe in the crucified Lord and rejoice in his um, imputed or given righteousness, as he did here, as we see, giving it to tax collectors and sinners who are rejoicing in the merit and in, in the message of unmerited forgiveness of sins. Right. Sometimes we think that repentance means the same thing as amendment of life or change of life. Um, amendment uh, repentance means to turn back to God. Um, of course, grieving or mourning over one's sin, right? But we forget that amendment of life is a fruit of forgiveness. It's not a fruit of the law. The law bears no fruit, or if it does, it, it only, it's only unrighteousness. So um, if you want your life changed, um, it's not up to you to do it. It's actually up to Jesus working through forgiveness of sins. So first you confess, then you are forgiven, and then the Holy Spirit works a change. Because now you've been declared righteous, forgiven for Jesus' sake, right? You you have been given a clean heart. You've been changed, right? And we, of course, then you can't help um, but go about your life differently than you did before, right? Anyway, Jesus asked John the baptizer to answer his own questions on the basis of the Old Testament prophecies that he preached. What had the prophets proclaimed about the Messiah? They had proclaimed a suffering servant who would bring his own reward with him. The tax collectors and sinners were not offended by Jesus because they rejoiced in his reward, the forgiveness of sins. They praised the true righteousness of God that was revealed in Jesus, for it was their hope. The Pharisees wanted Jesus to dance to their tune and declare what they wanted to hear. They wanted nothing to do with the alien righteousness that Jesus came to bestow upon men, but were content in their own righteousness. The true wisdom of God is nothing but foolishness to the world. Through the wisdom of Christ crucified, we are declared righteous apart from any works of our own righteousness. All right. Speaking of baptism, how can water do such great things? Certainly not just water, but the word of God in and with the water does these things, along with the faith which trusts this word of God in the water. For without God's word, the water is plain water and no baptism. But with the word of God, it is a baptism that is the life-giving water, rich in grace and a washing of the new birth in the Holy Spirit, as St. Paul says in Titus chapter 3. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that, having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. This is a trustworthy saying. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, you teach us that the Word of God in and with the water does great things, working forgiveness of sins, rescuing us from death and the devil, and giving us the gift of eternal salvation. Without your word, the water is plain water and no baptism. But with your word, our baptism is life-giving water, rich in grace and a washing of the new birth in the Holy Spirit. Thank you for this precious teaching. Forgive us all doubt. Grant us firm faith to trust your word in the water, that every blessing of baptism may be ours. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. All right, Uh, we sing our hymn, To God the Holy Spirit, let us pray.
Let's pray. On, O God, on this day, you once taught the hearts of your faithful people by sending them the light of your Holy Spirit. Grant us in our day by the same Spirit to have a right understanding in all things, and evermore to rejoice in his holy consolation. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Almighty and ever-living God, you fulfilled your promise by sending the gift of the Holy Spirit to unite the disciples of all nations in the cross and resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ. By the preaching of the gospel, spread this gift to the ends of the earth. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Pray this Tuesday for deliverance against temptation and evil, for the addicted and despairing, for the tortured and oppressed, and for those struggling with sin. We also pray today with Thomas and Gabriella, who celebrate their birthday. We pray for the households of our church, especially Jed and Rebecca, Katrina, Nicholas, Roberta, Ryan and Cassidy, Wendell and Amy. Pray for those ill receiving treatment or recovering, especially Marcella, Bev, Kelsey, Amanda, Dan, Brad, Timothy, Pastor Kretschmar, Merlin, Jim, and Mike. Pray for our homebound, Bev, Willis, Ed, Mickey, and Paul. We pray for um, our mission of the month, Sheboygan Hispanic Ministry. We ask the Lord to preserve and increase humility amongst us. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul, and all things. 
Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Right. It's been a joy to have you with us here today for our congregation of prayer. You can join us again tomorrow, 9 a.m., same um, channel, same place, all the various streaming platforms. Of course, if you're listening later in the day or watching later in the day, God's blessings to you too. Um, acknowledge those uh, who checked in here. We've got Karen. Uh, Vicki is on YouTube. We've got Gus and Eileen, Don and Karen, uh, Chris, uh, my mother, Tim, Lori, all checking in. So welcome, and I appreciate um, you making efforts to join us each day. I'm sure, well, I hope it's a blessing to you. I'm sure it is. All right. So uh, God be with you all, and we'll see you again later. We thank you for listening to this podcast from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church Sermon Center in Random Lake, Wisconsin. If this podcast is of benefit to you, please consider supporting the work of St. John by visiting stjohnrandomlake.org, that's stjohnrandomlake.org, slash support, and give today.